We're gonna wing it around. We're gonna wing it around the yard. Three. Wing it around. Oh, yeah. Three, two, one. Welcome in. We're winging it around the yard here. Uh, Husker Extra Podcast. First one as the 2021 football season gets underway. I'm Chris. There's Parker. There's Steve. We're all in the office. We're all in. We're all in the building. We're all in separate rooms in the building. I'm out in the uh, main newsroom, probably annoying all my coworkers right now. But that's nothing. Is it, is it hopping? Is the newsroom hopping? Young Luke Mullen is is next to me right now. Our new prep writer grinding away. Uh, Welcome to the show. Welcome Welcome. to the show, Luke. Parker broke a story. Parker broke a story shortly ago that we'll get to. Lauren Stiverns. Didn't break. He talked about it on podcast. Okay. Well, it's it's kind of like maybe it's not a great the greatest tease ever. But I guess if you if you move your right shoulder, Baz, all of our faithful viewers can. Well, if you like, if you turn and get a good long look at the boss there he is right there clark there's grell. clark grell there's clark grell over whoa I'm picking whoa. his nose right whoa. now whoa. Whoa. all right well, let's get right into it we yeah, got the listeners the listeners will be thrilled by that yeah i'm sure they will be um lots to talk about uh had our first media media availability yesterday with the football team scott frost for about 10 15 minutes uh a whole passel of players about 10 players Spoke yesterday, Adrian Martinez, among those, Cam Taylor-Britt, uh, Cam Jurgens, others. And we heard a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff on our website right now from what we saw yesterday. There's a lot more coming uh, as fall camp really gets going here over the next few days. And so that leads to the, the age-old question, and I'll, I'll open the floor to you guys. After what you heard yesterday, what do you kind of want to learn this week as fall camp gets going for Nebraska football? Go ahead, Parker. Well, I, I think, you know, one of the things that was interesting that Frost said yesterday was just that line about wanting the position battles to be wrapped up such that they exist. It's a little bit lighter on that front this year than maybe some other years, um, just because it's a relatively veteran team. There's a lot of veteran teams out there this year uh, with the extra year of eligibility. But, you know, Frost said, well, at least in house, we want to know sort of who our guys are earlier. I don't, that does not mean we're going to get a depth chart next week or something like that. Um, hey guys, we figured out who the right guard is. We're, we're excited to tell you on August 5th, that probably is not how it's going to go, but I am curious to sort of talk to some of the assistants, talk with Eric Chenander, um, you know, just about where they feel like they are early in camp. And from that sort of determination standpoint of, who are, who are the guys going to be and how many players are there realistically that have a chance to, to make their way in the rotation? I mean, Ty Robinson yesterday said he thought they could go three deep at all three spots on the defensive line and have productive play from like nine guys. And so I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to sort of see what the next step is on the personnel front uh, over the next week or so, because that's something that they want to sort of move forward more quickly this year than they do most years. Oh, the idea is, yeah. I mean, there's a lot that I'm interested in, but I just want to mention something in an over, it's just an overarching thought. It was really apparent that they're, I mean, they've like what Parker's saying suggests that they're pretty settled in. I mean, they're, they have veteran players. Now there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of questions going into camp. There's always some, but they can get them resolved pretty quickly and then lock in pretty hard on Illinois. That seems like a, that seems like a great advantage. It seems like a great advantage to have a staff 
in its fourth year. You know, players are ingrained, the veteran players especially are ingrained in the system. It seems like a major advantage to have a fourth year starter at quarterback. What I'm getting at here is there's really not that many excuses here. I mean, I, there's just, there's really not. Um, and, and Frost is of that, of that mind too. And I think he's, he's of that mindset. Uh, as far as positions that I, I'd be looking at closely would, I mean, running backs, number one. Frost said he wants one to emerge. I thought yeah, that was super interesting that, that it, yeah. he said we'd re- we'd prefer not to have it be by committee. Oh, God. That's just – it is music to my ears. If there's one thing in this world – I mean, there's a lot of things I can't stand right now. But but one, one for sure is a committee approach at running back. Um, Ohio State doesn't do a committee approach. They get dudes that can carry a lot um, and run for 1,500, 1,700, 2,000 yards. Wisconsin does that. Nebraska used to do that um, a lot, a lot going back 25, 30 years. Now I don't, yeah. Committee approach tells me you don't have a guy. That's what that tells me. Um, So hopefully one of those guys establishes himself. You'd think it would be Marquis step maybe, or, or I guess, you know, Gabe Irvin gets a lot of run. Uh, Maybe Sevion Morrison would surprise us, but it would be good to see somebody step forward. And that would be one, one big thing I'm looking for fast. How about the, how about the big boy? Marky step. Oh, Jock Jock, yes. yeah. yeah, that would be cool too. I mean, and I, I mean, he's prove himself as an every down back. I think that's yeah, what the yeah. there is. Uh, yeah. On a, personal, on a personal note, I did run on the Amos P Godby track um, where he's from in Tallahassee. It's a blue track. Um, it was really cool. How fast did you <laughs> run on what? Not How fast. fast you, not fast. It was a hot. It was really hot. You grinded through though. You're a grinder. I'm 55 years old. I'm you not are 55. You're 55. Were there, were there indentations in the track where Jacques Yant had been running? <laughs> he came uh, no, but there was a huge tractor tire in the in in the on the football field. Did you go flip and that thing? I, I yeah, I did a few times. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Got that you know, shirt off. Start flipping a tire. No, around. my shirt was on. No, do they have any pavers for you to do presses with? No, I don't even know what pavers are, Parker. This was uh-huh. simple out in the infield with a paver. Yeah, yeah, that's where Fisher went. Travis Fisher went to school too. All right, yeah. Baz, what are you looking for? I, you know, probably a lot of the same stuff you are. You guys are the the running backs. What emerges there? What does that look like? But you know, it's it's now this is the easy answer, but it's Adrian, right? Like it has yeah. to be like, how much have we heard about him? He's, he's slimmed down. He's playing with nothing to lose, but yet playing with a lot to prove if you listen to him yesterday. So just obviously he's the guy and, and it's been made clear. He's the guy, but, but what does that look like? You know, he's been the guy for three years now. Um, obviously going back to his freshman year, he had a, he had a battle there to win the starting spot. And, and last year, Luke McCaffrey, challenged him a little bit but we know he's the guy we know this year there's there's not a real challenge there for for his starting position and look adrian looks good physically we saw that yesterday he seemed really at ease during his podium session uh when he when he met with us yesterday so just i want to see what that looks like you know uh on the on the field because that's a guy that obviously is is critically important to anything nebraska wants to do this year from a wins and losses standpoint so i want to see that picture we got a small window into it in the spring game and, and got a little bit of it but what does that look like now that 
now that it's here and, it, and it's real and, and he's the guy and we're a month away from a game. You, you know, it's interesting, simple. I, and, and Baz, I, I think like you almost got, you started to get this sense yesterday and, and we talked about it uh, earlier this week on, on the radio. I think simple, there's really a sense. Like, I think that like, there's always a point at which camp feels long. Like it's dragging on. You're, you're just ready to players are ready to see another team Coaches are ready to plan for a team. Fans are have waited a long time to see a game. Reporters are ready for something different besides, you know, interviewing guys about camp. Like, but I think that my guess is that that moment is going to arrive maybe earlier than ever, especially for the players and, and coaches this year. And it seems like it's because the, we can talk all we want about position battles and all that, but really at the end of the day, like this is a – season in which the only thing the the players said yesterday they care about is just finding a way to win games it seems like the only thing fans care about is and we've heard a lot are they actually better have they actually made improvements are they actually going to be more detailed and so it's it's interesting to me because it's like there are important things that need to happen uh, within the within the program whether it's jobs you know, figuring out jobs, whether it's tailoring a game plan, like these things take time, they take manpower to do. And yet I think we're going to spend most of the next four weeks in like, uh, well, yeah, well, <laughs> it's going to happen. We're waiting for a game, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It, so, yeah. Now, as far as the injuries go up, uh, Scott shed some light on, well, he said Honus probably won't be available. Will Honus yeah, um, but he did say Thomas Fedoni might be available later in the season. He said that stuff in Indy last week, too, and then we kind of went over it again. Um, Marquis Step won't be 100% to start camp, which is something to really watch. How far away – how far away – it's not like we can tell, but how far away – because we don't see practice very often. Um, how far away from 100% is he, and how quickly can he get to 100% if, if he can get to 100%. So – those are some things to watch. And Brad, breaking news. Can we play a breaking news siren? Nebraska just picked up a verbal commitment from Valen Erickson, the offensive lineman from Chicago. Wow. You, you got to duck out. Uh, I, I am not. I'm, I'm going to duck out here in a minute. Um, Zoom is telling me I can't even minimize this since I'm the meeting host, but I think um, – why don't you guys, yeah, why don't you guys talk about Adrian? I'm going to stay on, but I'm going to mute myself here um, so that I can start the, start Harvey, the process. It out. Nice work. Hey, um, quick, just give us a quick rundown on Valen Erickson. Well, he's a guy who he took his official visit the first week of June um, and, then, and then sort of went quiet in his recruitment after that. Nebraska was, I think, sorting through – um, you know, sort of where they were at on the offensive line. Jake Mykula is going to make his decision um, in the next couple of days to he, he took an official visit. He's probably a Stanford lean, uh, which sort of, I think, put Valen Erickson as the, you know, not, not that I'm not sure if he had the green light, you know, before that or not, but Nebraska is not going to take very many offensive linemen in this class. He really came onto the scene um kind of late in the process, like a lot of kids um, in the, in the COVID year, but Illinois didn't play its football season until this spring. And so he, um, he was, 
<laughs> so the the wonders of live, the wonders of the wonders of live technology. Baz just came into the uh, Baz just came into the 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 room here, the conference room, to tell me that the feed had froze. So this will be an interesting this will be an interesting podcast when it gets recorded or when it gets uh, published. Um, how much did you hear about my rambling about Valen? Erickson? We didn't hear much about Valen Erickson, the offensive line recruit. Where, where's he from? Yeah, he's, he's from Chicago and he, he sort of came on to the, to the recruiting scene late because Illinois didn't play their uh, season until the spring. So he picked up offers this spring. He took an official visit to Nebraska the first weekend of June. Um, and Nebraska is not going to take very many offensive linemen in this class. So, uh, it was interesting to sort of see how the dominoes fell uh, in that regard, and and they fell with Valen Erickson uh, picking Nebraska. He had he had a, several other offers, um, Midwest schools, Big Ten schools. I know Tennessee was in on him. Um, so a guy whose recruitment really took off this spring, and now he's Nebraska's lone offensive lineman for the 2022 class at the moment. All right, we're going to let Parker go so we can get that typed up and get it get it on the website for all of you people to consume. We're going to – Sipple and I will keep this baby going. Let's just move up. Let's just keep on moving, Sip. Uh, I mentioned Bam. earlier, Adrian Mar- – are we going to talk Adrian, or do you want to talk – Okay, no, I want to hear your thoughts on Adrian because you were, you were enamored with Adrian Martinez <laughs> uh, yesterday. I, you and I have both long been enamored with Adrian Martinez, and I thought you wrote a good column today, um, oh, calling, out the, calling out the haters uh, who have written – Adrian off, but yeah, you know, I just talked about it a few minutes ago. I thought Adrian looked great uh, physically. Um, I thought he was at ease. Uh, it, not that he isn't always at ease behind a microphone. That's one of his kind of cool features. He's always been really cool in those in those settings. But it was just really interesting. I thought to to hear that guy talk talk about what he's been through at Nebraska, the ups and downs. Talk about you know I don't have anything. I'm playing like I don't have anything to lose this year. Yeah. Yeah, but 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 also playing like he's got something to prove. I just thought that was interesting, and, and we saw it at the end of last year. He he played some pretty good football. Yes, he he continued to deal with the turnover issue, and that obviously needs to get fixed. But that was a guy that when when he was going good, he was really good. He was efficient in the passing game. Um, he he was strong running the ball. I think we saw in the spring game what he looked like after he trimmed down a little bit, just from a speed standpoint, carrying the football. He's going to have what looks like some better threats at receiver this year. So, yeah, I think it's just, it's always fascinating with the quarterback at Nebraska, but I think even more so this year with a guy going into his fourth year as a starter who's the clear-cut number one and who doesn't – or who has some unproven guys behind him. There's a lot of question marks behind him. So he, his value becomes even greater to this team. So, yeah, it, it feels like Adrian's in a good spot. I think it's just going to be really interesting to watch that develop. Yeah, the conversation with Adrian is really interesting. It's, it feels like to me that there's not much middle ground. There's 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 people who believe in Adrian and that still think he can kind of capture that magic that he had in 2018. And then there's people just written him off and say he's yeah. just not very good um, and he won't recapture anything. It, does, it doesn't feel like there's much wiggle room between those. I, I mean, why do I – I mean, you touched on a, some things, some reasons why I think that you could see Adrian sort of make this comeback story. Um, I do think – I now, the receivers are – a lot of the receivers are unproven. Yes. Um, and we're talking – at this level anyway, Samari Ture is proven at the FCS level. Omar Manning's proven at, 
proven at the junior college level. Oliver Martin is somewhat proven. Um, Xavier Betts had 12 catches last year. He's got two really good tight ends that are, that are uh, experienced. And I think all that will help Adrian as well as an offensive line that could be pretty good. But, but Adrian himself, Baz, I mean, what I say about him, he's one of the five best football players on the team. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In the way he, I mean, he's the best run, but he's, he runs the ball better than anybody on the team. So I, I, I think, um, I think you might be looking at something here. He's got to look, look at his downfield accuracy. Wasn't good. The stats, the advanced metrics bear it out. My, your eyeballs bear it out. Um, but yeah, I think he could be headed for a big season. I do. I, I, I firmly believe that. I agree with you, Sip. It, he, there's some things to sort out. Uh, the, the deep throws certainly is one of them. Obviously, the turnovers, and we talk about that ad nauseum. Um, the, just the decision-making um, that, that maybe leads to a lot of those turnovers or, or busted plays or, or what have you. But if, he, if he's truly going to play like a guy with nothing to lose, then he's going to play freer. And you have to think that decision-making is going to get better. He's going to play with – maybe less stress on his shoulders, less weight on his shoulders when it comes to, to having to make a big play or, or, or do some of those things. And maybe he plays like a guy who knows that, that he doesn't have to carry this entire team with some of those weapons you talked about. If they're able to yeah. have a guys, you know, step up at the running back position, if these receivers pan out, like we think a couple of them might pan out, then, then all of a sudden, maybe that light bulb goes on that. Yay. I don't have to do this all myself. And that can be very freeing, I think. Oh yeah. For yeah, anybody. No, 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 no. no, no matter the no, no matter the profession, whether you're a quarterback or whether you're a, a sports writer or whatever you are, that can be a very freeing thing. So yeah, it's it's gonna be fascinating to watch this. And obviously he'll get a good test right out of the gate at Illinois conference game, all those sorts of things. Biggest game of the year, blah, 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 blah. If he can come out there and you know, set the tone, have a good, have a solid game, keep the mistakes to a minimum, lead Nebraska to a win. Then maybe I think you're right, Sip. I think he's setting himself up for a really big year. Yeah. And no, I, I'm not, you know, I don't, I think with a guy like Adrian, he's capable of, of, you know, if he scuffles a little bit against Illinois, I don't think you write him off. I mean, he's, no. he's a veteran player who's capable of um, rebounding. He's show he's shown it. Look what, I mean, look what happened last year. Part of the reason I believe in Adrian is because of the way he responded to getting benched. You remember he didn't play against Penn State. He came in late against Illinois, like the last series, and looked good. Okay. And that's when I was kind of like, okay, Adrian's a dude. I mean, the guy comes in in a, in a mop-up role and comes in firing, looks good, and then comes back and, like you said earlier, finishes, finishes the season – Strong and he statistically he was strong, except for the fumble issue, uh, turnover issue, I guess. So yeah, we'll see what that that picture looks like, um, and we'll just see what the whole thing looks like. We'll get a better idea. They started practice today, yeah, uh, and we have availability on Monday, so we'll yeah. get a little bit more for the people then. Speaking of uh, speaking of a good picture, you know who got a good picture last night? That was Delano Banton. Um, the former yes. Nebraska basketball guard drafted 46th overall by the Toronto Raptors, the hometown franchise and, and a history making pick as Delano was the first Canadian ever taken in the draft by the Raptors, which I thought was a pretty cool deal, you know, and we were like everybody else when he announced he was going to stay in the draft. I think we all kind of, we all kind of wondered what, what the thought process was there. Was he hearing something from some teams? Did he have a promise? Those sorts of things. And, 
and clearly he maybe knew something that the rest of us didn't because he was a, he was a top 50 pick in the NBA draft, which is a phenomenal accomplishment, a massive accomplishment. And you consider just some of the talent in this draft, some of the talent in the Big Ten. Uh, Donald Bantam was picked ahead of Luca Garza, a, a consensus. That's you know, amazing. It's an amazing. Yeah. You know, he's right there in the same in the same kind of areas and IO to some new and, and some players like that, you know, it's, it speaks to, to what Delano was able to do in the pre-draft process. Yes. And, that's what it speaks to. Cause he didn't get yeah. drafted based on what he did at Nebraska. No, it, you're talking about a guy that averaged fewer than 10 points a game in one season at Nebraska and got benched at the end of the year. Uh, didn't came off the bench the last five games of the year. Wasn't good. He re, he was I, the guy that maybe struggled more than anybody uh, after the COVID pause. It really affected him, you know, and you can see that. So yeah, it's 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 a cool story, and it started. Let's not forget, he didn't get an invite to the NBA Draft Combine. He didn't get an invite to the G League Elite Combine until another player, uh, Dejon Giroux from Houston, dropped out with an injury. That's the only reason Delano got into that, and then he got that, and he seized that opportunity. He took advantage of it, led that led that deal in in rebounds and assists, parlayed that in some workouts, started shooting the ball better, and now all of a sudden you've got a guy that is, is, is a pro was drafted yeah. last night. So, yeah, it's interesting. Now you've just covered it, so we don't have to go through it, but it's interesting. I think about people, Toronto Raptors fans waking up in the morning and seeing in the second round, we picked this guy from Nebraska who got benched. Oh, he got benched late in the season. And Oh, by the way, the team won seven games. I mean, there's some people that are going to say, okay, what, what, what is the deal? But you explained it pretty well. And this is – it's not like you – I mean, he, he showed well at times for Nebraska last season. Even, again, there's a, there's a parallel between he and Adrian that's sort of interesting to me. When Banton got benched, he responded well too. You remember yes. late in the season, he didn't play that badly. There was at least one game I remember on the road where he was really getting to the rack, and I thought, wow, the dude's – you know, he's not shooting the ball well, but he's getting to the hole um, and he's still playing hard. And that means a lot, you know, after a guy gets benched to still to keep coming like that. And, and I've heard people say since that he is a mature, you, you, you could speak to this. I don't know. He's a mature kid. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very mature. You talk to him and it's clear um, that the guy's been around a while. He, he understands the college game and you're right. Like, Put what he did last year in the context of that season. They won seven games. They had a three-week COVID pause. They played 15 games the last 30 days of the season. They were playing every other day at the end of a long season with all the COVID stuff going on in empty arenas, playing road, you know, playing back-to-backs against Maryland, doing all this stuff that not a lot of teams were asked to do. And all of a sudden, he's on the bench, and it would have been easy to shut down. And a lot of people maybe would, but he did. He kept, he was, even when he was on the sideline, he was a leader on the sideline. He was encouraging his guys. He wasn't pouting, sulking, at least publicly he wasn't. And he did what he could when he got in the game. And that's a credit to Delano and and his, his mentality and and his, his intestinal fortitude to keep that, to keep that going. And now, like we said, it's, it's paid off and, and what a cool moment for him, you know, being a Toronto kid, you know, growing up in the Rexdale neighborhood of, of Toronto, that's the reason he wore number 45. That was the bus route that ran through his neighborhood in, in Toronto. That was the number of it. So we'll see what it looks like. 
not nobody here is saying he's going to be in the NBA this coming season, but he's got a shot. He's got a shot. And if you if he can develop a consistent jumper, that's a guy that can stick at the at the top level for a long time. Yeah, that's the key. And you know, in, in one of the pre-draft draft workouts, as you covered in your story, he hit 68 of 100 three-pointers in a spot shooting drill and then followed it up in a in live action with hitting three of six. That sort of stuff gets gets NBA front office people's attention. And obviously he had a good, well, he, he reportedly had a good uh, G League elite camp. He had to have. He, there's no way yeah. he's getting, he, there's no way he's getting drafted if he wouldn't, if he wouldn't have had good a good camp and then followed it up with good workouts. And that, again, is a credit to him. Yeah. Um, now it's, I, I wish we could have seen that player at Nebraska, but I'm not. I mean, I, all, I'm full of congratulations for someone who, who put in that sort of work and made this happen, bet on himself. Like you said, when he, when he stayed in the draft, yeah, it was a little bit like, what, really? Um, but he bet on himself, and it paid off. And, that, and, and, and you know, you, we don't, I guess we should mention, this obviously is a good look for Fred Hoiberg, and probably Fred has quite a bit to do with this. Yeah, and that's something uh, in some of the – the pre-draft interviews that Delano did, that was something that was brought up a lot. Um, a lot of the stuff he was asked to do at some of these workouts was a lot of stuff Nebraska does in practice as far as drills and stuff like that. And Delano said, you know, said it, I, I played for an NBA coach and an NBA system and it prepared me for those workouts. I didn't go into those with a lot of unfamiliarity. He knew what to expect. And certainly that helped him too. And you're right. All Fred Hoiberg and Matt Abdel Massey have to do is take, that clip from Delano and show it to any recruit they bring on campus and say, see, we did it with him and we can do got a it draft, got a guy drafted. Now Nebraska has two drafted players in the last three years. Isaiah Roby in 2019 was drafted 45th, I think. Yes. By Oklahoma city. Now that in Roby ended a long drought before that it was Vincent Hamilton. 1999. Right? It was a 20 year yeah. drought. Yep. So, so yeah, there's, yeah, Go this ahead. is, yeah, no, this is, this is huge for Nebraska uh, in the future, uh, you you can take that to a kid like an Isaac Trout and say, "Look, we did it with Delano Banton. We can do it with you." Um, you can take it to a Jason Green at Miller North and say, "Look, we did it with Delano Banton. We did it with you." Simeon Wilcher, a top five player in the 2023 class. Look what we did with Delano Banton, who was a top 100 player. We got him to the league. You're a top five player, Simeon. Look what we can do with you. So, yeah, it's it remains to be seen how his departure affects Nebraska on this roster, but for future rosters, for recruiting purposes, this is, it couldn't have worked out any better. And the things Delano said have really shed Nebraska in a positive light. And, and that's the, the biggest thing to come out of this for the program, certainly. Yep. So that, that happened last night at about 11 o'clock, Baz. It was late. Yeah, it was late. It was after 11. It just takes so long. The first round of the NBA draft takes so long. And then they kind of rip through them in the second round. So yeah, that's it's a late night deal. I'm hoping to actually talk to Delano sometime today. I've got a couple of messages out. I'm sure he's another matter that came up today was um, Lauren Stiverns had a a podcast with the setter, um, Nicklin Hames. Thank you, Nicklin Hames, and it was pretty revealing regarding Stiverns' back injury. Baz. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very very revealing. And Lauren Stiverns, of course, is the All American middle blocker. Now she has not decided. Um, if she's going to play for Nebraska this year and practice is two weeks away. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting story. 
And she, in this podcast, which I, I guess is an NIL situation, right? <laughs> not Go not totally sure about that. Yeah, it might be. Uh, certainly, it probably is. But yeah, it was. It was some of the things she said was really fascinating. Just she, she literally doesn't know what she's going to do. It's a day to day injury. We kind of got an idea of the severity of the injury. We got a clear idea of the severity. A clear idea. Yeah. She said the. She said the last bass. Here's what she said. We didn't know any of this. The last. I don't think anybody knew this outside of few the program then probably a few people she said the last two months of the season I wasn't in practice I only played in the games I would come in for maybe five minutes of practice and I was doing rehab the rest of the time it was something I was dealing with for a long time and I don't think people understand that he said she said I didn't want them to because it's my business I'm a very private person which is why it's weird that I'm doing this podcast etc she also she also said that she she says she literally remembers waking up the morning of the Baylor game in the NCAA tournament and went to the sports psychologist at Nebraska because, quote, I would wake up and look over at my nightstand and it was just covered in pills that I had to I had to take throughout the day. And she woke up that morning and said, this is just too much. So that's a, that that is a. I mean, it's a revealing comment, and it's something that athletes all over the world, they don't deal with serious back injuries all the time. But that's it. We don't, I don't know, as fans, maybe we don't, we don't think about that all the time. You know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard being a college athlete. And it, when you're at the highest level, like, like Lawrence difference is, you're, you're probably managing some, some type of pain every day, whatever it may be. Yeah, most now, of the time. Lawrence, yeah. Most of the time. Lawrence was clearly – pretty severe and to like you said the the comment about the pills on the nightstand probably is the most eye-opening thing we saw in that and gave you a window into maybe what she was dealing with and going through so yeah it's it was really interesting stuff and it gives you an idea into the psyche of those players having to push through injuries to try and perform for their team and and, you know whatever else And, and eventually like you said like she said, she got to a point where she just she couldn't do it anymore. She couldn't go out there and do it. And unfortunately for Nebraska, and unfortunately for her, that came in the NCAA tournament. But it just gives you an idea of how hard these athletes push themselves uh, in these situations. So yeah, really, really, really revealing stuff from Lauren Stiverance. Obviously, she she's got a decision to make soon. You know, like yeah. like we said, the, the the season starts before before too long. Excuse me. So. We'll see what that means for Nebraska. Even if even if she decides to come back, you know, she's probably not going to be full full go. No, she says, Bass, she says she hasn't been able to work out at all except in the pool. She hasn't okay. she's no no running yet, no jumping, just pool workouts with practice with practice a couple weeks away. It's it's really an incredible story. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's on our website, huskerextra.com. Yeah. HuskerExtra.com. Check that out. Check out all our football coverage from yesterday. Uh, we'll have more coming, obviously, as camp gets underway next week. We'll start with a media availability on Monday morning. That'll be the, the first one that with, with fall camp officially underway. Stay tuned, obviously, for, for more coverage. I'm hoping, again, to talk to Delano Banton today. We'll, we'll hopefully get some context from him about being drafted. And as always, we'll keep you up to date on everything going on with the Huskers. And, and until next time, we'll, we'll talk to you soon.